PFT Media. You are now listening to Cinema Crespediso. Whatever that probe is picking up, it's reading life form. What do you mean a life form? Oh, the head. They're changing. Changing into what? It's moving. These things moving. What is that? There's a ship. They're leaving. To go where? Earth. We were so wrong. Take us home. If you don't stop it, there won't be any home to go back to. Where's that door? guys it's chris crespo hanging out in the crespo studio got a bonus episode for you this one is all about the alien franchise alien aliens alien 3 alien resurrection uh prometheus and alien covenant and it's not just me battling about them by myself i'm hanging out with matt opferman aka matt is cabin aka cabin boy from the sbk live days many of you may remember me starting out on sbk live on 104.1 as their resident film critic and uh, SBK Live essentially being uh, where Crespediso is a spin-off show of SBK Live 
essentially. Shout out to SBK. So, brother Kevin, Duke number one. Uh, I've been trying to get Matt on the show for a while. He's been, we've been trying together to try to get him on the show for a minute, uh, but he's very busy real estate uh, selling schedule as well as being a newly married man has kept his schedule very busy. So, uh, thanks to the pandemic, silver lining to COVID-19, he has some free time that we were able to sit down and hang out and uh, talk, talk about the alien movies. And we had a good time doing it. So here's our conversation. It's over, you know, it's not the great in-studio quality that you expect from a cinema crisp and so product. You know, I'm such a great engineer. Oh, my God. But, uh, hey, here we go. We had a great conversation. It was a lot of fun. It was cool catching up with my buddy, Matt. And uh, you can follow him on Twitter at MattIsCabin. Hit him up. Let him know you enjoyed the show. And here you go. Enjoy the conversation. We're talking the Alien franchise. So uh, this will be, I'll put it out as a bonus episode, but like I have a Patreon and I'm not going to, I'll put it out on the normal feed for everyone. So everyone can hear it. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, whatever, however you want to do it is, is good with me, man. Cool. And I'll probably go ahead and just put it out. Like, um, maybe I'll put it out tomorrow. It depends on how much editing I feel like doing tonight, but yeah, we'll sure. shoot for like 30, 45 minutes and I'll just, we'll just take your lead and we'll talk about, we'll rank the six main alien movies like you'll rank them and then i'll just like give my comments and stuff okay so this is matt's ranking definitive ranking of the alien films yeah yeah i figured we could just sort of talk about it with uh you know just yeah do the shit on all the movies you can i mean you have them ranked too i assume so however you want to however you want to go you know you go we'll go ahead and just make this the start of the episode i i was sitting down the other day trying to figure out uh how i would rank the movies i have my one and two that's the easiest one i think that it's easy for everyone to just try to decide what their one and two is but i honestly had i struggled a bit trying to put the other ones in some sort of order and i even re-watched alien resurrection mm-hmm. and and part of alien three because they're both on hbo oh that's funny yeah i, I rewatched covenant the other day um I wanted to rewatch Covenant because that's the one that I remembered the least. Mm-hmm. I can't remember anything from that movie. <clears throat> well, so, I mean, first, before we rank them, I just wanted to talk about the franchise for like two minutes. Please. Yeah. Do you, you, know, you remember seeing it for the first time? Um, I remember seeing all of them for the first time. I actually saw Aliens before I saw Alien. Sure. But, yeah. uh, um, you know, I, I, I love all of these movies, even the ones that I don't like, which we'll talk about. Um, I've still seen multiple times, and I get a kick out of them. Right. Um, you know, my I've said this before, but my favorite genre of not not it's not a genre, but my favorite premise for a movie is it's in the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know. Uh, a ragtag crew hears a distress beacon and they have to investigate because something's gone awry. Yeah, sure. Uh, That's, <laughs> it's so why, it's also like uh, Event Horizon has that uh, that sort great, of setup. Great. And my one of the under the radar probably twenty five favorite movies um, in my lifetime is a movie called Sunshine by Danny Boyle, which yeah. Uh, also, if you like the alien movies, but uh, I just. I love these movies. I love getting the crew together. I think it's a great monster. I mm-hmm. think that 
Um, they all have their own charm. A lot of great actors, directors, and and everybody else have kind of passed through this franchise. And, it does. Uh, it does seem to attract like a list talent from the beginning. It's Alien could so easily be like schlocky, cheap, uh, like a throwaway monster movie, but it's all made with like a real sense of not importance, but like this is going to be good. We're really going to blow people away. Even yeah. the bad ones still have like audacious parts to them. I agree, and we'll uh, we'll definitely talk about those. Yeah. Um, and I mean, for me, and I, I'd like to hear where you have it. But as far as like franchises, you know, whether it's the Matrix or the mm-hmm. X Men or Hunger Games or Harry mm-hmm. Potter, you know, I probably enjoy this franchise the most. I would say. Oh. Wow, I think that, that's a great question um, for franchises because it's so easy. We're talking about, and then we're officially skipping over Alien vs Predator, those two movies, right? Yeah, just for, you know, I, I don't. I've seen both of them, but for mm-hmm. the purpose of this, I consider those kind of like weird little hybrid mashup. They don't have anything to. I mean, other than the monster, I don't really think they have much of anything to do with the with the right. original ones. They almost but. feel more like Predator movies featuring the Xenomorphs in them than they are like mashup movies. Yeah, 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 because it, yeah, it is more like the crew. In, in the Alien movies, it's more like scientists that, that are on like um, discovery missions, and Predator is more like military going to hunt. Yeah. Uh, uh, although aliens, maybe, maybe. Yeah, not. they are. They are space marines, but yeah, that's true. That uh, what came first? Did aliens come first or predator? They're like right around the same time. The first. Oh, that's that's a good question. The because predator is eighty five. I think aliens is like eighty six or eighty seven. Um, but yeah, that's 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 true. That uh, like the first one, they're space truckers. Yeah. And the third one, they're a bunch of like uh, celibate prisoners. Uh, they're different in all of them. Uh, and they're not typically there for for monster fighting. They're like thrown in a in a shitty situation. I think it's a like penny uh, p- uh, pound for pound. It is one of the best franchises out there for sure. Absolutely. Oh, okay. All right, I'm definitely I'm definitely curious. I, I, w- I would like to know what would you put at number six? Because uh, and just to remind people real quick, the movies in order. We're talking Alien, Aliens, mm-hmm. Alien Three, nice and simple yep. there. Then there's Alien Resurrection. Which is like ninety seven, uh, and then it jumps to Prometheus. Yes, and then Alien Covenant. So there's Covenant. actually five movies. Excuse me, I keep saying six. There's only five movies. No, and there's Covenant too. There's six. Yeah, the Covenant, Prometheus. What am I missing? Yeah, you said Resurrection. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, four, five, six. Okay, okay. And so yeah, theoretically, hopefully, they are doing a final one to complete that second trilogy. I, I hope they do. Yeah, hundred percent. Well. Yeah, man, the story of David. I want to. I want to finish the story of David. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's essentially he's like the one character that's uh, uh, making it through all of them. All right, so here we go. The bottom of your barrel. What yeah. is What's what we consider to be essentially the worst of the of the franchise? Yeah, I'm curious. I think we're gonna have a different worst movie. Um, oh. And you know, obviously, it it goes without saying if it hasn't already that we're gonna you know talk about all the endings of all these movies. So if anybody yes. has to see them, but. Um, my bottom of the barrel, interestingly, is Alien 3. Okay. Is that your worst or no? Actually, uh, I think recently I would have said Alien Resurrection, but upon rewatching them, I'm going to say Alien 3. I agree. Okay. Oh, interesting. Okay. 
Maybe we'll have the exact same order then. Um, we may. We may. Yeah. So, I, I now even the ones I don't like, there's still stuff to like about them. And the crazy thing about this is, Alien Three is David Fincher's first directorial movie, and which is nuts. Yeah, I mean, we should love it. It's a David Fincher Alien movie. Like, if he made one now, we would all freak out at that possibility. Yep. But the um, studio interference on that was so legendary that when they tried to do a director's cut in like 2005, 2006, they went to David Fincher and he said, you guys could assemble whatever footage you may have, but I'll have nothing to do with any of this. It was a terrible experience. I almost quit making movies because of it. Uh, so because of that, because of all, for me, because of all the studio interference and the movie isn't uh, its full potential of what it could be, good or bad, then that what that pushes it to the bottom for me, for sure. But like even um, yeah, like the end when they kill the alien, it may have the best alien kill. <laughs> yeah, and also um, Charles Dance is in it. Tywin Lannister, oh, who is yes. great, it's fantastic. It's fantastic. my favorite part of the movie. Mm -hmm. um, but for me, it kind of takes away the one thing that I sort of love about these movies, which is. Um, the spaceship, new planet, exploration, um, get the crew together. Nobody in this movie is particularly likable outside nope. of Charles Dance. Correct. Um, the, it's really drab. It's the whole thing set in a prison. There's nothing exciting to explore. It's, it's nihilistic. Um, yeah. And it, it even like it starts with the death of the popular characters from the last movie. Like, yes. they died during the opening credits. People and hated that, that then, and they still don't like it now. I love Aliens, and, mm -hmm. you know, so you're going into Alien 3, and a few of the people that survived from Aliens, you get, like, a cutscene, or, like, not even a cutscene, like, they have the Chiron on the screen, and it yeah. just said, like... Hey, uh, these guys you love from the last movie, they all just died. Yeah. Sorry, the spaceship crashed. They're all dead, and it's they don't even... There's no send-off. There's no nothing. Yeah. And so, basically, you're walking into the first three minutes of the movie, and you're like, well, shit, so now what? I, it's, like, a, it's a crazy, crazy choice. I can't believe they did it. And the movie is just full of them. It's like, yeah, it's like they said it in a fucking prison planet. And, and uh, there's, like, the, the specter of rape hangs over the first half yes. of the movie because yeah. it's a woman in, in a prison like this. Like, this is – I don't come to a movie like this for, for sexual violence. This sucks. <laughs> And the other weird thing was, it's not like the characters from Aliens were like Will Smith and um, Leonardo DiCaprio, where they had these ridiculous quotes. They were no-name actors. They True. These guys probably would have worked on the third one for a hundred grand. You know True. what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. Bizarre from start to finish. Um, have you ever also, seen... Have you ever seen that director's... Not the director's cut, but the assembly cut that Fox put out, like... 10, 12 years ago? I haven't. This is the, the, of all the aliens, this is by far the one I've seen the least. Absolutely, yeah, as it should be. Um, but there is, a, the assembly cut is interesting because it puts back in like 20 minutes of movie where mm -hmm. the prisoners, they start uh, worshiping the alien as a god and they uh, coalesce around it so there becomes a schism in the, in the group of prisoners and then that's why the alien gets out later it actually makes hmm. the plotting make more sense but it doesn't make the movie any better that's slightly more interesting it is well, more interesting but it's not good you know these other movies I, I and I think you two have will probably have plenty more to say about 
I, I figured we'd breeze through this one because, you know, sure. look, and I've still seen the movie three or four times, but, you know, there's not a, a whole lot to it. So. I, I'm, I'm glad that we came to the same conclusion that that one's uh, the bottom of the barrel, number six. All right, well, then coming in at number five. Um, because, and I'm surprised because I think a lot of people would have number, this one is their worst movie, and you could certainly make an argument for it, and my mm -hmm. number five is Alien Resurrection. Okay. Is that your five? Um, <laughs> see, that's tough. I wanted to rewatch Alien Covenant just mm -hmm. because it, it's so not memorable. Like, there's so little that I remember from it. We'll get but, into Covenant soon. But. Yeah, we'll get into it. I did, I had to read the Wikipedia page to remind myself what even happened in it. Um, but I will go ahead and say for sure, for a while, it was my least favorite Alien movie. But yeah, Alien Resurrection would be my number five. Yeah. So this was on HBO. And you know what's funny is what, you know, we've been wanting to get, to get together to do one of these for a while. And what made me want to... Because I love talking about these movies. I watched it on HBO again about a month ago during the quarantine. Yeah. And I hadn't seen it in so long. And I, this movie for me is in the it's so bad it's good category. Yes. I, I have to agree with that. I think this movie is preposterous. <laughs> like from the plot that makes absolutely no sense yeah. whatsoever. I mean yeah. – try figuring out what the hell is going on three quarters of the way into this movie. The cast is, there are some bigger actors than there have any business being, including Winona Ryder, who makes right. no sense in this movie whatsoever. And it's written by Josh Whedon. Yeah. Yeah. Which, it's, what, it's during his nineties run where a lot of his screenplay has got made. It's a big movies. But, was, okay. So you want to know why it's so weird that he wrote it, but, uh, but why like, so it's, Whedon, yeah. so there's comedy in it, right? His yeah. version of comedy. Yeah. But the director is a French guy who didn't even speak English. Mm. He had to have a translator on set helping with everything. Uh, but he wanted to lean into the dark comedy aspect. So it's essentially the one comedy alien movie that we have. Which is... Which is yeah. Weird. But, you know, in this movie, I mean, Ripley... Mm -hmm. Our heroine throughout mm -hmm. has sex with an alien. Yes, makes uh, and they have a half human, half alien baby. In the gestation period, has to be hours. It was it was, it was immediate. It came out. It came out fully formed of the mother, uh, and then smacked its face off. Uh, and then it has those sunken in eyes that when it yeah. looks at when it looks at the Ripley clone, it tries to look sad, but it just looks like. It looks stupid, like a waterhead sort of alien. Like, oh, this thing is uh, slow. And I'll admit something to you. So, uh, Winona Ryder dies and somehow comes back to life. I've seen this movie a bunch of times. I still don't really understand what happened. Yeah, because because uh, she's uh, a milky android. She's not a person. She's like she's like a bishop. I know it's so dumb and underexplained why she's even there and why she knows stuff that others don't. Uh, it's bad. It's bad. But so. You know, what is fun about this movie is yes. a lot of the dialogue is, like, preposterous and yeah. just nonsense. And um, there is one set piece in it, which uh, it's actually in all six of the movies is one of my favorites. When they're, um, they have to go underwater from, like, one uh, – the, the, the ship is kind of sinking or whatever, the station – 
and yeah. they have to go from one side to the other, and they all have to hold their breath and, and make this long swim. And the aliens get underwater, and they're swimming away from the aliens and mm-hmm. shooting them while they're sh- and it's just really, really cool. And uh, they, they had a, there are a couple of scenes like that, actually. Some of the buildup in the beginning of this movie is really cool, too. It, yeah, sure. It has sort of things that work for it. It does have great production value. Like a, any alien movie, they put a lot of money into it and, and a lot of how it looks. Mm-hmm. And I, so part of the reason why they got that French director, his name is Jean-Pierre Jumet. Uh, I don't know French, obviously. But he made a movie, like a movie called City of Lost Children that also has Ron Perlman in it. That's why Ron mm-hmm. Perlman for this movie. Who, yeah, also, and he's actually really good in this movie. I like he, him. He's, he's, he's a lot top, of fun. But... He is over top. And it's also funny that this movie is t- over 20 years old, and he still looks like an old man in this movie. It's like a young yeah. old man, yeah. but he's still an old man. Um, so, but this guy is good at world building and like making big sets and things that look like really lived in. So visually he's a pretty good choice for an alien movie, mm-hmm. but then like tonally it's so like the basketball scene where the Ripley yeah. clone is playing basketball. Like, what is that? That's a comedy. That is, that is also preposterous. Yeah. It's, yeah. but it's, you know, I, I always tell people and I, I in addition to, uh, let's go investigate the beacon distress call in outer space. I yeah. also love really bad movies that are good. Like, you know, Anaconda with John Voight. Oh, so good. Um, yeah. But this is one of those. If anybody listening has got HBO, like if you just want to have like a, you, you can half pay attention and be on your phone and just laugh your ass off. This is a, True. this is a really good movie for that. With a I couple like, of, like, weird, uh, gross parts, because it is R-rated. Yeah. So they do make good use of, like, acid blood. And, mm-hmm. uh, and like, if people do like movies, good actors do pop up, like Brad Dourif as the main scientist guy, the the crazy yes. face-looking dude, who's, like, he's in Deadwood and stuff. He uh, is, uh, yeah. He's one of those guys that you know him when you see him, and then you google his imdb real quick just to figure out who he is so yeah and then you see he has like 200 credits and you're like yep. oh my goodness yeah i've seen him in everything uh yeah it has like oh and also the the, the guy who runs the station dan hedaya uh the super hairy guy he, he's like the, the brown hair uh he's also like you look up his face like this guy's been in everything mm-hmm. uh it, it is i mean it's good casting like we said these movies get good actors uh, they just don't get the best scripts sometimes, and this may be mm-hmm. the script of them all. Sorry, Joss Whedon. Uh, which he is li- great. Joss, Joss Whedon coming off Buffy the Vampire Slayer, yeah. three Avengers, just should have been the sweet spot. I can do no wrong. And right. it is, this script is so weird. But <laughs> no, it, because uh, to me, like the plot holes in this script, I, I mean, I'm I'm not kidding. I've seen this movie six times. I couldn't tell you what happens from start to finish right it, it would be uh interesting to try to plot it out like all right here's scene one scene two what happens yeah. here things must have got cut out uh to make it move faster i think all of these movies are under two hours aren't they uh no i think the first couple of aliens are over <laughs> i know for a fact aliens is is over it's over two hours yeah aliens yeah sure and you know when they put out the director's cut of aliens james cameron mm-hmm. they, his cut is, uh, I think, is it him? I think his cut was one minute shorter. 
No, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, one of them, one of either Alien or Aliens, the director's cut that they put out. It may be Aliens, the direct, the, that they put scenes in, but because they put the scenes in, they had to take some other stuff out and end up having a shorter runtime than the theatrical release. That, that's how good these movies are. They, you can interchange things and they still work. <laughs> yeah. At least those initial ones, anyway. Um, okay, so Alien 3 and 4 are off the table. Yeah. So, so now we're so we're down to number four. What is number four alien movie for you? Uh, we're probably gonna agree again. This is just gonna be all agreement, but it's uh, Covenant for me. Yeah, I think so. It's gonna have to be for sure. Yeah. Um, this one is interesting to me because for me it is a tale of two movies, and I think the first half of this movie is spectacular, hmm. and I think it kind of falls apart when they meet the second David and he takes him back to his cave. And the, uh, is that uh, the original David, right? Yeah. Because, so, because on the ship he is Walter. Yes, I think you're right. Yeah, and they have the, So they have the two Michael Fassbenders that are like right. interacting with each other and it gets really weird and existential. And, and like one of them, it nonsense. seems like one of them wants to have sex with the other one. Yeah. It, it, was, but, it got strange. Yeah. You know, um, Love how this movie starts. Mm-hmm. Um, they are trying to repopulate a new world, get a distress call, of course. As they so often. that it's all, like you said earlier, that are all like colonists and scientists yep. and couples. They're not uh, a bunch of badass soldiers. They're there for uh, colony purposes. It, yep. And then they get, um, you know, they get the distress call, check out the planet. A couple of really great, um, at, like, there's, and then there's actually, so before the music falls off, a, uh, or, I'm sorry, the movie falls off a map, there's like 10 to 15 minutes where everything starts to go wrong and <clears throat> the alien bursts out of somebody's chest and yes. they're trying to fight it in the med bay. And then they have this fight in the darkness and the tall grass. It's all so cool. You don't know what's going on. Yeah. Um, and then because it's weird and then they kind of get into the exposition really late in the movie when they meet the old Michael Fassbender and he explains everything that, that you missed from Prometheus. Um, and it just gets so weird. That is essentially what it is, right? So they're doing a movie. They're doing an alien movie. It's chugging along. And then halfway through, it's like Prometheus shows up. And it's like, oh, now you're a Prometheus sequel. Yep. Uh, you know, it's supposed to be the same thing, but it's weirdly not. Because yeah. now we have to find out about the events of another movie and why this David is here. Uh, and then Prometheus brings with it all the existential, why are we here? Who is mm-hmm. God? What is our maker stuff? Which I love all of that. But that's a good observation. Yeah, it, it does feel like two movies slamming into each other. Um, and the other cardinal sin of this movie to me is that they have... And, oh, and by the way, when you're talking about the shortness, I think this movie is only like an hour and a half or an hour 40. Wow, that's short. They have an A-list cast in this movie. Mm-hmm. Billy Crudup, one of my favorite actors, mm-hmm. um, doesn't have much to do. Danny McBride is in this. Uh, James Franco's in it for about mm-hmm. 10 seconds. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but... Um, Catherine Waterston is, uh, she's been, that was like towards the end of a hell of a run she had where she was in that Steve Jobs movie, also with Michael Fassbender. Uh, the one she was guy. And um, Joaquin Phoenix, Inherent Vice. Yeah. And of course, Fassbender, uh, the guy from 
that was in Narcos, uh, whose name I can't remember. Um, the lead guy? He's the guy that gets his face burned at the end by the oh, alien. Um, I can't. Oh, is it Demian Bashir? Is he in it? I think that might be it. Yeah, I think okay. so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But mm-hmm. so they have this A-list cast that is completely underdeveloped. Right. And they're, I mean, I, you know, what I love about these movies is like getting to know the crew and this guy has this personality and they're mm-hmm. butting heads and, and they, every one of these characters is exactly the same and they have yeah. no defining characteristics. It's just a bunch of, they could just be a bunch, they, they could all wear masks the entire movie and it wouldn't make any difference. Which do, you think, sucks. You, do you think it's because not only is the movie shorter than the other Aliens films, but it also has like, the cast is almost twice the size. We go from like knowing five characters, well, like here's no. like 10 characters. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it's bigger, but um, Aliens, the, the second one, had a gigantic cast, and all of those Marines were, like, you could, you know the difference between, like, Apone and Hicks and Hudson, mm-hmm. like, and, and, uh, I don't know, I just, I really, that let me down. I was, yeah. I, they could, they could have spent 20 more minutes in the build-up and the exposition, it, yeah. like. To make them people that we care about, so when they started right. dying, it was like, oh, we actually feel it when they die. They yeah. had the time, it, like. And James Franco, you know, we're giving everything away, but so oh, he's sure. he's like um, supposed to be the captain, dies in a fire. That's kind of how the movie starts. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they are trying to memorialize him. And Billy Crudup is like the hard ass captain. And he's basically like, oh, no, we don't have time for this. You got to respect me. Like, hey, make time for it. Because yeah. 10 minute memorial section where everybody's hanging out drinking and I get to know these guys. You have an hour and 35 minute movie. Who cares? Right, yeah. some, I don't know. <laughs> so, cause I, I think, you know, and I'll bet you the people that made that movie would say, oh man, we had some, we were so close to greatness with this. If we could have just, cause there are, there, there is greatness in the movie, in my mm. opinion. But yeah, I mean, it, it probably of all of them, it, it's one of the better looking ones. Yeah. They put a ton yeah. of money into it. Really, Scott directed it. So, I mean, yeah. it, like, there's little at fault there with the actual direction and all that stuff. So it really does just come down to the script and how that really feels like it let down just the franchise overall. Because, you know, like, it's, yeah. it's just not, it's forgettable. And I think it's because, like you said, it's interesting. Why is it forgettable? I think it's because they're rehashing story beats we've seen in previous alien movies like they Which don't do anything original we know what we're getting into with aliens i mean that's, that's what fair. we want that's yeah. why we bought, bought the ticket that's right but they also have like they have sort of reinvented the alien wheel each time out the first four even the first five movies if you include prometheus are all pretty different from each other yep. while being in the same universe and then this one sort of feels like now we're we're hitting some of the same beats again uh, without like developing your characters, then you just end up with the sort of a forgettable alien movie, which is yeah, weird. It, and you know, I think they were trying to get. Um, I think the way that they were trying to make it different was, like you said, make it like a Matt Michael Fassbender David movie and mm-hmm. get really weird. And, yeah. um, and but it just didn't work. Right. Just, yeah. It, yeah. It, I mean, I wanted it to work, but it didn't. But you know what? If uh, <laughs> Uh, you told me, like, you were going to wipe my memory and tell me to sit down and watch this movie again. I would, because it's an alien movie. I'm going to watch yeah. all alien movies no matter what. Of course. All right, well, now we're down to three movies. We're down to Alien, <laughs> Aliens, and Prometheus. Yeah. Uh, I'll be shocked if we have a different number three at this point. Yeah. 
And, you know, I'll just go ahead and say that my number mm. three is Prometheus. Yeah, for but, sure, for sure. Um, I, I don't want to do a disservice to it because even though it's my third favorite movie in the franchise, mm. I still think this may be one of, like, my 50 best movies ever made. If you wow. ask me, I absolutely love Prometheus. I think it's almost perfect. But the first two are just so incredible. Sure. Not only as movies, but what they did kind of for film in a larger sense. Absolutely. That, <clears throat> you can't really put Prometheus there, but, <clears throat> you know, I just visually, like you were saying about Covenant, I, I think Prometheus visually is the best of all of them. That opening scene where it's kind of supposed to symbolize like how life was created. Sure. Gorgeous. Mm -hmm. um, did you see it in 3D when it came out? No, I saw it right I I would put this up there with, like, for me, top five 3D movie experiences. Okay. Seeing it in 3D was was so, it was one of the few times where they say, like, oh, it's more than a gimmick. It, like, adds to the story of it. It was one of the few times it was like, yes, I am here. I am in this yeah. world. And it was super – and that opening scene, just the water coming down the, the creek and the way it pans <laughs> up and that big engineer is up top. I was like, yep. sucked in. It was incredible. Oh, yeah, it was great. And there's nothing like a Ridley Scott slow build when it's done well. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, it's a two-hour movie, mm -hmm. and barely anything happens for the first hour, mm -hmm. and then all hell breaks loose in the second half. But I, I might tell you that I like the first half of that movie more than the second half. Sure. Just, and it is everything that Covenant is not, because... It has an all-star cast also, but mm -hmm. you, like, care about everyone. I Idris Elba. Um, the, the horny captain. <laughs> yeah, Charlie Theron. The, uh, the, the, the super bitch uh, sister of David, who she's, like, the perfectionist. Yeah, absolutely. She had so many great, strong characteristics. Um, Naomi, is it Naomi? Naomi, Naomi, Rapa, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, she was uh, fantastic. She was great. The guy that plays her husband, whose name escapes me. I'm it's, bad uh, that, that's uh, that's not Tom Hardy. That's the yes. the dude who's in that movie Upgrade. He's which a is, devil, which I just watched the other day. That crap. Yeah, yeah, the elevator movie. I love yeah. that movie. Yeah, it's oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eight minutes. That one. Speaking of short runtimes, it, it's practically but, a Twilight Zone episode. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but everybody in the cast, like you know, at the end of this movie, when Idris Elba and his two pilots make the decision to sacrifice the ship to save the human race and they they kind of do a kamikaze suicide dive and he says hands up and the guys are like like it's it's an emotional beat like yeah. and you care about all these guys and there's just nothing like that in in covenant but you know that's great and and also this movie has some of the coolest and um most memorable set pieces from you know, I think the most famous one is when the medical machine cuts the alien out of her stomach. Okay, I, that, that may be, Matt, my favorite scene ah. in the entire Alien franchise. Wow. I mean, it is so, seeing that in the theater, in 3D, was one of the craziest experiences of my life. I was sinking into my, I was yeah. oh, going deeper into my chair, trying to get away from the screen. I think I was trying to get away from the alien that was, like, wiggling <laughs> around and the device. It freaked me out so much in a way that, like, I like movies used to freak me out when I was a kid. You know, it's hard to get that experience. And for, like, 60 seconds in a the theater, I was 
primarily freaked and that may be my favorite scene in all aliens it yeah that it, that it's i think it's probably the best scene of this movie but even then like i think uh you know i think it's also really cool when they um go into the ship for the first time and the two guys have to stay there overnight in the real yeah. room yeah um you know they have some great character moments with uh, michael fassbender mm-hmm. on the ship i love the beginning when he's just flying by himself playing basketball watching movies uh, just listening to music and like reading and stuff mm-hmm. yeah that, that part is great and the end the last 15 20 minutes when they're just trying to get away from the alien and trying to survive and mm-hmm. charlie steron is getting crushed and they're in the you see the giant creature and it, it's just man it's just uh, visually it's it's perfect. It's it's a slow build. It's uh, it's it's everything I want. In one of those. Yeah, I, I think it's. I agree with you. I think it's super satisfying. Uh, I loved it when it came out. I still love mm-hmm. it. And I remember when it came out. A lot of people were. It was kind of split. A lot of people liked yeah. it like we did, and then a lot of people didn't. And people had like solid reasons for not liking it. If someone told me, like, if you told me, I don't like Prometheus. Here are my reasons. I'm okay. That's fine. I get it. But for me, it's like I think it's fantastic. And uh, I'm surprised that more people don't like it as much as I do. But you know, it's cool. Yeah, and you know, it its box office was just enough. It was like on the borderline of do we yeah. cut bait or do we keep going? Yeah, that's true. I mean, it made money, but it was certainly not like a Fast and the Furious sequel. It was because it's because so, it's so expensive. And, yeah, and even if it's Alien is still like pop culturally popular and significant but it is an r-rated sci-fi monster yeah movie. like my mom will never go see an alien movie so uh there's still a limited ceiling for for that sure. kind of box office absolutely okay well now we agree we've been agreeing alien <laughs> aliens are our one and two now I'll, I'll tell you matt mm, i think we're gonna split here based on our conversation so far uh like, maybe the big two um yeah. you know it's it is a tough decision but my number two mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is Alien, the first one. Ha-ha! We split. Okay. We split. All right, so go, so... go ahead, tell me, talk, talk the song yeah. Alien, buddy. Yeah, yeah, well, we'll talk, and you can tell me why you, uh, why you like it the best. Mm-hmm. Um, the craziest thing about it to me, and I own Alien, and I've probably seen it between 10 and 15 times, and it was made in the late 70s, and... 79? It still holds up 40 years later, and it's not that noticeably dated. Mm-hmm. It's really not, and that's crazy. I mean, most of those movies you watch from that era are so slow and so and, boring. And it's so, so cheesy looking, because yep. like, they're so cheap, and Alien, it's not like Alien had that much more money. But mm-hmm. Ridley Scott put together such a team that they took at what they the resources they had and made it look like ten times more than what it was. So the ships look incredible, uh, the costuming, the and then also the editing around the alien. Not every shot of the alien that they had looked great, so they had to know which ones to cut out, <laughs> which ones to use, and uh, of course it ended up working out in the end. Yeah, and you know it just sort of, you know I think it sort of birthed the horror slash sci-fi genre together. I mean, yeah, I think so. Yeah, sure. I mean, both, you know, I don't know how popular sci-fi was in the seventies, but 
sci-fi was popular in the 50s and there were like sci-fi monster movies but they were all cheesy you know the the beast with a thousand backs or uh, the creature with a thousand eyes or the original the thing from another world was like a guy who had like a carrot for a head uh so there was yeah. like sci-fi horror but it wasn't done as like grimy and quote real mm-hmm. as alien alien feels like especially for the time Almost like they just like shoot a documentary about a, a ship mission that went wrong because because there's no jokiness to it. The score is very minimal, uh, and then like you yeah. said, that the even for the pacing of what it is for '70s pacing, it's pretty quick. Uh, yeah, it is compared and, to movies you know, of that time. The some of the stuff like when the alien bursts out of the guy's chest for the first time, and yes, you know, I'm sure like so at the time. Nobody had ever seen or heard of that, and I'm sure seeing that would have been just, like, flabbergasting. It was but, one of the most disgusting things people had ever seen in their life when that came out, yeah. And, and now that, it's sort of quaint. Now, when we watch it, it's still it can still be surprising, especially if you've never seen the movie, but it's yeah. not really that, like, shocking, or it, it doesn't hold up quite as well. But, yeah. like, there's still parts, like, when... He's in the vents chasing the alien, and the oh, alien so jumps good. out at him. Yeah. I still think that holds up as 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 chilling and and scary yeah. forty years later. And I don't because, know how. I mean, I think it's because it's just it's sound design. We have knowledge that there's an alien out there, and they're yeah. doing the thing where it's like like it, it's right above you, and he's looking around, yeah. and he has to go up or down. It's like so. Easy. And then it's binary. It's like, do I go up or do I go down? He chooses down and it kills him. And it's like, oh, we can all identify with yeah, that. That's true. Yeah. Uh, so even though it's a, a crazy situation, it's boiled down to such a simple up or down, uh, survival or death. And then he gets death because he chooses wrong by accident. Oh, poor Tom Skerritt, who's he's fantastic. Um, Yafet Koto, John Hurt. Uh, it's got a crazy good cast. Um, who is this guy who just passed? Dean Henry, uh, Henry Dean, Harry Dean Stanton, who just oh, passed yeah. away a year ago, I think. Uh, so good. And then it's Sigourney Weaver's breakout role. She was only yep. 21 years old when she made that movie. Oh, wow. She looked older than that. Doesn't she? I think that's just a thing where people back in the day looked older than they do now. So uh, but- why is it? That you have this one over, and you know you're not wrong, but why do you have this one over Aliens? <clears throat> sure, and uh, I'll acknowledge that I think for most people, Aliens, the sequel, is their number one, mm-hmm. or even like Aliens is one A, and then Alien is a one B scenario. Uh, for me, I just prefer when it comes to Alien, I like the horror aspect. I like the slow burn. Mm-hmm. I like the stuff out there in the dark and it's coming for you. Aliens is much more, it's an action movie, which I also yes. love. I absolutely love that it's an action movie. Uh, but it's an action movie. It could have starred Arnold Schwarzenegger. It could have been, it could have been, you know, Terminator 3 or whatever. Um, but Alien, it literally, not only did it start a franchise, but it, like you said, it sort of kicked off the whole genre of that dark <laughs> sci-fi scary monster movie. And I just, I love it for some reason. I'll, Maybe this will answer you. Uh, every three months or so, I just have a hankering to watch Alien. It, <laughs> it just it just comes to me out of nowhere. We're like, I, I feel like watching Alien. Uh, aliens, less so. Like, I love it, but I don't get that weird uh, hankering every now and then like I do for, yeah. the, for the OG. It, I don't know necessarily what that means. I like the oppression of Alien <laughs> more, than, <laughs> more than see the aliens get blown up. 
uh, in the second one. But yeah, I, I think it's a uh, it's beautiful and it's cool and it's gorgeous and it's great. But it's also sort of like a one A one B scenario. There's really, like you said, there's no wrong answer here for what people prefer. So you prefer aliens? Yeah, <clears throat> James Cameron's. I do. I think I'm sure part of it is just. I don't know why, but for whatever reason, when I was like 11, 12 years old, my parents never, ever, ever let me watch R-rated movies. Sure. But they let me watch Aliens, and I have no idea why they did. So <laughs> I had a VHS tape, and my brother and I watched it. I mean, from the time I was like 11 years old to 15, I probably watched this movie, I'm not joking, like 60 or 70 times. Hell so, yeah, dude. <clears throat> it was the only R-rated movie I was allowed to watch. And I would just watch it like once a weekend. And um, <laughs> but it's a great movie, too. And it is, you know, save for, you know, Die Hard and maybe mm. Point Break and a couple others, in my opinion, uh, that yep. era. I, I, you know, I don't think there's a better action movie. Um, <clears throat> it is, you know, it does this thing that all other action movies copy now. And I think. There may have been another movie that did it first, but it does the thing where you have the crew, but every like the crew all has like a specialty and a personality, and they are really well defined. Like I, like I've sort of gone back to a couple of different times during this podcast, but you know you have Vasquez, who's the tough girl marine, and yes. um, you know. You got uh, Bill Paxton, super loud, uh, mm -hmm. but then once the shit hits the fan, he's almost like the coward of the bunch. <laughs> and they have that, yeah, they have that line where he goes to Vasquez, hey, Vasquez, you ever been mistaken for a man? And she goes, no, of you. <laughs> <laughs> and <That's good. laughs> they've got, you know, they got, you got Apone, who's the sergeant smoking cigars and just yeah. barking out orders. You have the android, you've got, you've got the Weasley, um, yeah, it, it You've got everybody's got a, you know, you, you say somebody's name and you know what the character is. Not only that, you have another slow build. Again, nothing really happens for the first hour of the movie. But mm -hmm. see, this is it's what I wish Covenant was would have done, where you spent that extra time in the mess hall with the guys, where you know Bishop takes his hand and he does the knife trick with it, and everybody yes. starts freaking out. And you get to kind of see how everybody interacts and you get to sort of, <laughs> you have your favorites. You know, my friends and I would watch the movie and we all had like our favorite Marine and right, we're like sure. guys that we, we sort of know and we'd root for. And, um, and for the first time in the franchise, it's like, and actually maybe the only, no, I guess Resurrection was too. But where you're not just fighting an alien, you're fighting the whole swarm of aliens. And it's, yeah. It's us versus them, and, you know, the famous fight between Ripley and the Queen at the end, which has been imitated a million times since then. Yeah, the um, mech suit and the get away from her, you bitch, and all that. It's uh, fantastic. It has all these things in this movie that are kind of tropes now, but at the mm. time, it invented them. And yeah. they're only tropes because it did them so well that they've all been duplicated hundreds of times since then. Yeah, and it's true. Cameron, you know, Cameron... Uh, you could make the argument that he's the best or most influential director of, of, of the past 50 years. But I mean, with the eight Avatar movies coming out, that could either sink him or 
I, I'm, you know. I, I'm super pumped for the Avatar movies because he is constantly like reinventing technology yeah. so he can make these things. That's why it's taking so long. He had to reinvent uh, underwater photography to make <laughs> Avatar. So uh, it's, it's going to be really good. He has like seven-year-old actors learning how to hold their breath Tom Cruise style for five minutes underwater <laughs> so they can act underwater. It's going to be it's going to be insane. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, but yeah, I think a friend of mine, I remember in college talking about like Terminator and the Abyss and obviously aliens. Um, he said James Cameron makes like the art version of action movies. Mm, so yeah. there's, there's still action movies for like big audiences and stuff. Um, but they're gorgeous. They have a style. He, he loves the the deep blues and like the swinging lights from above, the, the exposed lights. Um, he has his tricks that he does at work that look great, and you can see that over and over in the '80s with the Terminators and Aliens mm-hmm. and Abyss. Um, Aliens is super influential for a reason because it's so good. Yeah. So all what you all everything you, I'm just trying to say everything you said is correct. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I, I don't know how much more I can, I can add to that one. I, I've, you know, like I said, I've, these movies collectively, all six of them, there's no way I've watched less than a hundred times. Like, between. <laughs> yeah, sure. yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, I own all of them and I'll, I'll probably keep watching all of them. And nice. it's a great franchise. And I've, I've used a lot of this quarantine time to kind of rewatch. That's a awesome. Of them, so <laughs> that's very good. Uh, do you happen to have? They put out in the two thousands. Part of that assembly cut thing. They put out all these like two disc DVDs of the Alien movies. Do you have any of those with the special edition stuff? No, I um, most of what I own is uh, the digital copies on iTunes. Sure. I don't really have any of the uh, special. Which means, yeah, which means they don't give you those features anymore. But I think, so for old DVDs, people put all that stuff on YouTube. Um, the making of features on the first two Alien movies on those DVDs, they're long. They're like practically documentaries, and they talk to everyone, they interview everyone. As an Alien lover like yourself, uh, I would seek those out online. Yeah. You can find them for free because uh, they're fantastic. They're like really well produced. And like I said, they speak to every single actor and producer and, and uh, James Cameron or really Scott that they really get into how they make those things. It's fucking cool. Oh, and you know, um, speaking of seeking out, mm. I have been seeking out more of this type of movie. I, I asked it on Twitter the other day, but you know, if anybody listening to this has any good somebody's lost in outer space we have to go find them a la you know these movies like you said event horizon that mm-hmm. movie life with ryan reynolds um you know e- even underwater like sphere did you see did you see the movie, movie underwater uh no i'm going to that, that, i saw that's that a on fun the... one that, that's okay. pretty it, it's pretty decent uh chris Stewart's a lot of fun and they're not they don't it's not like a beacon they don't find anyone but it is like the first alien where they're uh in a fucked up situation they're trying to get out and some sort of creature is hunting them down uh it's a lot it's a lot of fun it's very cool i like the yeah i uh it's funny we were actually like two or three nights ago we were looking for something to watch and i i I put it up i was like yeah look we can buy it and the wife kind of vetoed it so (laughs) i would i would say give it uh wait like a month when it's on some sort of streaming service and then you don't have to like uh pay money to rent it uh and then and then it's for sure gonna be worth streaming on like hbo or some shit um 
Yeah, so what's uh, if they can hit you up on Twitter, at Matt is Cabin? Oh, yeah, please. If you listen to this, let us know how... Uh, what you how you like these movies and i'm looking for more i want to i want some more of these i think i've seen every one of them but maybe not you've probably seen all the good ones <laughs> even but, stuff like solaris people will send you the, the, oh solaris i love solaris uh, but that is different that's more just like a sci-fi longing for love type of movie than a- any of those i want to watch oh passengers i even like passengers Passengers, I, I saw that one. I, I, I liked parts of it for sure. I definitely wanted to really, really like it because it's sci-fi. It's deep space sci-fi. I love that stuff. Did you see that thing I sent you about how to re- how they should have recut that movie? Uh, Maybe. I think that, that was a while ago, wasn't it? Yeah. So it was it, – it, 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 it's like genius. If you just start the movie mm-hmm. when Jennifer Lawrence wakes up and she sees Chris Pratt yes. and – it's like more of a horror vibe and you don't know whether or not you could trust him. And yeah. then 30 minutes into the movie, you smash cut to the beginning of the movie when Chris Pratt wakes up and makes the decision to wake her up. Then all of a sudden it's like, it becomes like this creepy horror. Is this guy evil? What's going on? It becomes so, it becomes movie. so much better than this guy's a douchebag. Yeah, and we and we have to like be on his side while he lies to this girl for this whole movie. And you become more of an active participant instead of yeah. passively watching. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, yeah. You know what? That's so true. Yeah, that's that's pretty smart. It's so funny how you don't even have to change the footage or the yep. events. Just you change the order of them, and then maybe a music cue, it, and now you have a better movie. And you go to that one part where the robot bartender's like, "Oh yeah," when he woke you up, and then Jennifer Lawrence is like, "What you?" You woke me up, and then there's yes. like three seconds of silence, smash cut, Chris Pratt at the beginning. Then all of a sudden, it's like, holy shit. Because you're, yeah, because you're with her, and you're in her yeah. POV. So when she gets to reveal, the audience gets to reveal, that makes so much so much more sense. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so speaking of outer space, Tom Cruise making news, uh, announcing he's making that space movie. That's going to be pretty sweet, dude. I needed that after they delayed Top Gun 2. So I got I know, man. All until the way until December. I, that those Top Gun Maverick trailers look good. They look really, really good. Yeah. Oh, I, well, oh, it's, oh, look, look, it's your. It's officially Top Gun is your favorite movie, right? Yes. You, yeah. You, you yep. have to, yeah. People don't, can't see it now. You're showing it to me on the Skype call. You have that Top Gun tattoo right over your yeah. heart. It looks amazing. I love that you got it touched up. The colors are cool. Uh, are you? What what are your what's your hope level for this? Are, do you want it to be? Do you think it's going to be great? Are you hoping? Like, I mean, what what's your expectation level for this sequel? Uh, I mean, it's you know, ultimately at this point, I don't like them re like revisiting any of these sacred franchises yeah. and their properties. Right. Um, you know, of I would risk catching coronavirus in a movie theater to see this opening day. So, <laughs> I, of, of course, I'm going to see it. Yeah. But um, I, you know, it looks good. I think even if it's bad, I'm going to like it and end up watching it 10 times. But yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, as long as like Mav is like the crafty teacher and there's some good action and something goes wrong and he has to put the flight suit on one more time in the last yeah. 20 minutes of the movie to save the day. then That's, I'm that's gonna probably be... what's going to be, right? I think you just described the plot of the movie without realizing it. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> I'll probably be tearing up at the end of it, just <laughs> not even. Yeah. yeah I don't know. And the cool thing about this one is, you know, for the original Top Gun, they tried to shoot scenes in the jets with the actors, 
but they didn't train them to do it. So none of the footage was usable because they were all like passing out in the yeah. cockpits throwing up. So for this one, Tom Cruise made all the actors train to fly, not just to be flown, so that they could actually shoot scenes in the F 16s and have them pull G's and not pass out. And mm. so, like, do lines of dialogue and shit. So at least they took that extra step. They, they learned from the first time. Yeah. And, and did it this time around. All right. Uh, before we end this call, I'm going to see if you've heard this Top Gun story. All right. Okay. About, the make, about the making of Top Gun. Tony Scott made that movie. Uh, speaking of, it ties all back to Alien, baby. Uh, really Scott's brother, Tony Scott. Yeah. And this is how much he loved making movies. You know how the movie ends with the shots of the jets flying off into the sunset? Mm -hmm. And there's that shot of like the backwash, and you get the cool spirals in the sky. Like it's just stupid, gorgeous. Uh, While they were getting those shots, Tony Scott was standing behind the monitors uh, watching like the, the filming happening, and he was crying because it looked so beautiful. (laughs) <laughs> wow! As he was making that movie, have, have you heard that that Tony Scott cried while shooting jets making that movie? I have not. There you go. That's how much passion was put into that. That's why it's so. Oh, good. I learned a new Top Gun factoid. All there right. you go. I'm here to service, buddy. I want. I'm, I'm trying to help people out. Yeah. Um, Mattis Cabot on Twitter. Everyone can send you uh, uh, suggestions for sci-fi movies that. Yeah, that please. Oh, and if you if you want suggestions for any good, if you love horrible. But but fun movies. I have seen all of them, and I can give you suggestions on those. I, I can confirm that Matt is a fun uh, Twitter follow. If you like rando movie suggestions and uh, rando tweets about the NFL, whatever yes. NFL stuff happens. That's all I tweet about. Yeah, it, 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 he'll do it. He'll put them out there. Those thoughts come out. Um, Matt, this has been fun, dude. I agree. Thank you for having me. Thank you. I appreciate it. Otherwise, everything you're doing good, pandemic-wise, you're, you're holding up. Yeah, we're look, you know, we're looking very uh, shaggy right now. Oh, uh, yeah. I don't know if you can see. Oh, yeah, dude. You got a full-on beard going on, man. You look like yeah, uh, Red Dead Redemption over here. Yeah, it's it's getting long everywhere. So, uh, yeah, it's good, man. You know, we're just looking. I was I was not working about a month like most people right. listening to this, I'm sure. So, yeah. you know, finding stuff to watch, finding stuff to keep occupied and, you know, getting through it. Oh yeah. Uh, well, thanks for helping us create content for the people because they're all freaked out with the with the lack of content out there. Yeah. Now, have, so. What the hell else do I have to do? Uh, that too. <laughs> that too. All right, Matt. Well, you have a great night. I appreciate you, buddy. You too, man. Good right, talking and to you. Yeah, Peace and I'll talk to you later. All right, buddy. Thanks Bye. a lot, man. Bye. A PFT Media Production.